0: Act Four of The Birth of Merlin The Child Hath Found His Father by William Shakespeare and William Rowley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene One Before a Ruined Castle in Wales. Enter Clown, Merlin, and a Little Antic Spirit. How now, Uncle? Why do you search your
1: pockets so? Do you miss anything?
2: Ah, Cousin Merlin, I hope your beard does not overgrow your honesty. I pray remember you are made up of sister's thread. I am your mother's brother, whosoever was your father. Why?
1: Wherein can you task my duty, uncle?
2: Yourself or your page, it must be. I have kept no other company since your mother bound your head to my protectorship. I do feel a fault of one side. Either it was that sparrow hawk or a cast of merlins, for I find a covey of carducas sprung out of my pocket.
1: Why, do you want any money, uncle? Sirrah,
2: had you any from him? Deny it not, for my pockets are witness against you.
3: Yes, I had, to teach you better wit to look to it.
2: Pray, use your fingers better, and my wit may serve as it is, sir. Well, restore it. There it is. Aye. "'There's some honesty in this. "'Twas a token from your invisible father, cousin, "'which I would not have to go invisibly from me again.' "'Well, you are sure you have it now, Uncle?' "'Yes, and mean to keep it now from your pages' filching fingers, too.'
3: "'If you have it so sure,
2: pray show it me again.' Yes, my little juggler, I dare show it. ah, cleanly conveyance again, ye have no invisible fingers, have ye tis gone, certainly,
0: why, sir? I touched you not.
1: why, look you uncle? I have it now, hang no ill you look to it here, keep it safer.
2: <laughs> This is fine, you faith. I must keep some other company, if you have these sleights of hand. Come, come, uncle, tis all my art, which shall
1: not offend you, sir, only I give you a taste of it to show
2: you sport. Oh, but tis ill jesting with a man's pocket, though. But I am glad to see you cunning, cousin." for now will i warrant thee a living till thou diest you have heard the news in wales here
1: uncle let me prevent your care and counsel to give you better knowledge of my cunning you would prefer me now in hope of gain to Vortiger king of the welsh britons to whom are all the artists summoned now that seek the secrets of futurity the bards the druids wizards conjurers not an aura specks with its whistling spells no capnomanster with his musty fumes no witch or juggler but is thither sent to calculate the strange and feared event of his prodigious castle now in building where all the labourers of the painful day are ruined still in the night
2: and to this place you would have me go. Well, if thy mother were not my sister, I would say she was a witch that begot thee. But this is thy father, not thy mother, wit. Thou hast taken my tale into thy mouth and spake my thoughts before me. Therefore, away. Shuffle thyself amongst the conjurers, and be a made man before thy comest to age. Nay, but stay,
1: uncle, you o'er slip my dangers.' THE PROPHECIES AND ALL THE CUNNING WIZARDS HAVE CERTIFIED THE KING THAT HIS CASTLE CAN NEVER STAND, TILL THE FOUNDATIONS LAID WITH MORTAR TEMPERED WITH THE FATAL BLOOD OF SUCH A CHILD WHOSE FATHER WAS NO MORTAL.
2: WHAT'S THIS TO THEE? IF THE DEVIL WERE THY FATHER, WAS NOT THY MOTHER BORN AT CARMARDEN? DIGGIN' FOR THAT, THEN. And then it must be a child's blood. And who will take thee for a child with such a beard of thy face? Is there not digging for that too, cousin? I must not go. Lend me your
1: ear a while. I'll give you reasons to the contrary.
0: Enter two gentlemen. Sure, this is an endless piece of work the
2: king has sent us about.
0: Kings may do it, man. The like has been done to find out the
2: Unicorn. Which will be sooner found, I think, than this fiend begotten child we seek for.
0: Pox of those conjurers that would speak of such a one, and yet all their cunning could not tell us where to find him.
2: In Wales they say assuredly he lives. Come let us inquire further.
0: Uncle, your
1: persuasions must not prevail with me. I know
2: mine enemies better than you do. I say, thou'rt a bastard, then, if thou disobey thine uncle. Was not Joan go to it thy mother, my sister? If the devil were thy father, what care not thou to any man alive but baileys and brokers? And they are but brothers-in-law to thee neither. How's this? I think we shall speed here.
0: Aye and unlooked-for, too. Go near and listen to them.
2: Hast thou a beard to hide it? Wilt thou show thyself a child? Wilt thou have more hair than wit? Wilt thou deny thy mother, Because nobody here knows thy father? Or will thine uncle be an ass? ye, friend, play, What call you this small gentleman's name? Small, sir? A small man may be a great gentleman. His father may be of an ancient house, for aught we know, sir.
0: Why, do you not know his father?
2: No, nor you neither, I think, unless the devil be in ye. What is his name, sir? His name is my cousin, sir. His education is my sister's son. But his manners are his own. Why ask ye, gentlemen, my name is Merlin. Yes, and a gossip was his father, for what we know. For I am sure his mother was a windsucker. He has a mother, then? As sure as I have a sister, sir. But his father you leave doubtful. Well, sir... As wise men as you, doubt whether he had a father or no? Sure, this is he we seek for. I think no less. And, sir, we let you know,
0: the king hath sent for you.
2: The more child he, and he hath been ruled by me, he should have gone before he was sent for. May we not see his mother? Yes, and feel her too, if you anger her. A devilish thing I can tell ye she has been. I'll go fetch her to ye.
0: Sir, it were fit you did resolve for speed. You must unto the king.
2: My
1: service, sir, shall need no strict command, it shall obey most peaceably. But needless tis to fetch what is brought home. My journey may be stayed, The king is coming hither with the same quest you bore before him. Hark! This drum will tell ye.
0: Within, drums beat a low march. This is some cunning indeed, sir. Flourish. Enter Vortiger, reading a letter. Proximus, with drum and soldiers, etc. Still in our eye, your message, Proximus, we keep
4: to spur our speed. Astorius Anocta, we shall salute with succor against Prince Uther and Aurelius, whom now we hear encamps at Winchester. There's nothing interrupts our way so much as doth the erection of this fatal castle, that spite of all our art and daily labour, the night still ruineth.
0: As erst I did affirm, still I maintain,
1: the fiend-begotten child must be found out, whose blood gives
0: strength to the Foundation, it cannot stand else. Enter Clown and Joan, Merlin. Ha! Is't so?
4: Then, Proximus, by this intelligence he should be found. Speak. Is this he you tell of?
2: Yes, sir. And I his uncle, and she his mother. And who is his father? Why, she, his mother, can best tell you that. And yet I think the child be wise enough, for he has found his father. Woman, is this thy son? It is, my lord.
4: What was his father? Always lives he. "'Mother,
1: speak freely and unastonished. "'That which you dared to act, dread not to name?'
3: "'In which I shall betray my sin and shame. "'But since it must be so, then no great king, "'all that myself yet knows of him, is this. "'In pride of blood and beauty I did live. "'My glass the altar was, my face the idol. "'Such was my peevish love unto myself.' that i did hate all other such disdain was in my scornful eye that i supposed no mortal creature worthy to enjoy me thus with the peacock i beheld my train but never saw the blackness of my feet oft have i chid the winds for breathing on me and cursed the sun fearing to blast my beauty in midst of this most leprous disease A seeming fair young man appeared unto me, in all things suiting my aspiring pride, and with him brought along a conquering power, to which my frailty yielded, from whose embraces this issue came. What more he is, I know not.
4: Some incubus or spirit of the night begot him then? For sure no mortal did it.
1: No matter who, my lord, leave further quest, since tis as hurtful as unnecessary more to inquire. Go to the cause, my lord, why you have sought me thus. I
4: doubt not, but thou knowest, yet to be plain, I sought thee for thy blood. By whose direction? By mine.
3: My
1: art infallible instructed me, upon thy blood must the foundation rise of the king's building, it cannot stand else. Hast thou such leisure to inquire my fate, and let thine own hang careless over thee? Knowest thou what pendulous mischief roofs thy head, how fatal, and how sudden? Pish, bearded abortive! thou foretell my danger my lord he trifles to delay his own no i yield myself and here before the king make good thine augury as i shall mine if thy fate fall not thou hast spoke all truth and let my blood satisfy the king's desires if thou thyself wilt write thine epitaph Dispatch it quickly. There's not a minute's time twixt thee and thy death.
0: <laughs> a stone falls and kills Proximus. Aye, so thou mayest die
1: laughing.
4: Ha, ah, this is above admiration. Look, is he dead?
2: Yes, sir. There's brains to make mortar on if you'll use them. COUSIN MERLIN, THERE'S NO MORE of THIS STONE FRUIT READY TO FALL, IS THERE? I PRAY, GIVE YOUR UNCLE A LITTLE FAIR WARNING. REMOVE
1: THAT SHAPE OF DEATH. AND NOW, MY LORD, FOR CLEAR SATISFACTION OF YOUR DOUBTS, MERLIN WILL SHOW THE FATAL CAUSE THAT KEEPS YOUR CASTLE DOWN AND HINDERS YOUR PROCEEDINGS. STAND THERE and by an apparition see the labours and the end of all your destiny. Mother and uncle, you must be absent.
2: Is your father coming, cousin?
1: Nay, you must be gone.
2: Come,
3: you'll offend him, brother.
2: I would fain see my brother-in-law. If you were married, I might lawfully call him so.
0: Exeunt Joan and Clown Merlin strikes his wand. Thunder and lightning. Two dragons appear, a white and a red. They fight a while and pause. What means this stay? Be not amazed, my lord, for on the
1: victory of loss or gain as these two champions ends, your fate, your life, and kingdom all depends.
0: Therefore observe it well. I shall. Heaven be auspicious to us. Thunder. The two dragons fight again, and the white dragon drives off the red. The conquest is
4: on the white dragon's part. Now, Merlin, faithfully expound the meaning. Your grace must then not be offended with me. It is the weakest part I found in thee to doubt of me so slightly. Shall I blame my prophet that foretells me of my dangers? Thy cunning I approve most excellent.
1: Then, no, my lord, there is a dampish cave, the nightly habitation of these dragons, vaulted beneath where you would build your castle, whose enmity and nightly combats there maintain a constant ruin of your labours. TO MAKE IT MORE PLAIN, THE DRAGONS, THEN, YOURSELF BETOKEN, AND THE SAXON KING. THE VANQUISHED RED IS, SIR, YOUR DREADFUL EMBLEM. Oh, MY FATE! NAY, YOU MUST HEAR WITH PATIENCE, ROYAL SIR. YOU SLEW THE LAWFUL KING CONSTANTIUS. T'WAS A RED DEED, YOUR CROWN HIS BLOOD DID CEMENT the english saxon first brought in by you for aid against constantius brethren is the white horror who now knit together have driven and shut you up in these wild mountains and though they now seek to unite with friendship it is to wound your bosom not embrace it and with an utter extirpation to rout the britons out and plant the english Seek for your safety, sir, and spend no time to build the airy castles, for Prince Uther, armed with vengeance for his brother's blood, is hard upon you. If you mistrust me, and to my words crave witness, sir, then know, here comes a messenger to
0: tell you so. EXIT MERLIN ENTER MESSENGER
3: My lord, Prince Uder.
0: And who else, sir? Edal,
3: the great general.
4: The Greek devil? They are coming to meet us?
3: With a full power, my lord.
4: With a full vengeance they mean to meet us. So, we are ready to their confront. At full march, double footing, we'll lose no ground, nor shall their numbers fright us. If it be fate, it cannot be withstood. We got our crown so.
0: Be it lost in blood. Exeunt. Scene two. Open country in Wales. Enter Prince Uter, Edel, Cader, Edwin, Tocleo, with drum and soldiers.
5: Stand advise. Hold drum.
0: Beat, slave. Why do you pause?
6: Why make a stand? Where are our enemies? Or do you mean we fight amongst ourselves?
5: Nay, noble Adol, let us here take counsel. It cannot hurt. It is the surest garrison to safety.
6: Fie on such slow delays! So fearful men that are to pass over a flowing river, stand on the brink to parley of the danger till the tide rise, and then be swallowed. Is not the king in
7: field? Proud Vortiger, the traitor, is in the field. The murderer and usurper.
6: Let him be the devil so I may fight with him, for heaven's love, sir, march on. O oh, my patience, will you delay until the Saxons come to aid his party?
5: Atucket. There's no such fear. Prithee, be calm a while. Hark, it seems by this he comes or sends to us.
6: If it be for parley I will drown the summons, if all our drums and hoarseness choke me not. Enter Captain.
5: Nay, prithee, hear. From whence art thou?
6: From the king, vortiger Traitor, there's none such. Alarm drum, strike slave, or by mine honor I will break thy head, and beat thy drum's heads both about thine ears.
5: Hold, noble Adol. Let's hear what articles he can enforce.
6: What articles or what conditions can you expect to value half your wrongs, unless he kill himself by thousand tortures, and send his carcass to appease your vengeance for the foul murder of Constantius, and that's not a tenth part neither?
5: Tis true. My brother's blood is crying to me now. I do applaud thy counsel. Hence, begone. Exit, Captain. We'll hear no parley now but by our swords. And those shall speak home in death-killing words.
0: alarum to the fight! Sound! Sound the alarm! Exeunt. Scene 3. A Field of Battle. Alarm. Enter Edel, driving all Vortigern's force before him. Then exit. Enter Prince Uther, pursuing Vortiger. Dost thou follow me? Yes, to thy death I
4: will. Stay, be advised. I would not be the
5: only fall of princes. I slew thy brother. Thou didst, black traitor, and in that vengeance I pursue thee. Take mercy
4: for thyself and fly my sword. Save thine own life for
5: satisfaction, which here I give thee for
4: thy brother's death.
5: Give what's thine own, a traitor's heart and head. That's all thou art right lord of. The kingdom which thou usurpest, thou most unhappy tyrant, is leaving thee. The Saxons which thou broughtest to back thy usurpations are grown great, and where they seat themselves do hourly seek to blot the records of old brute and Britons from memory of men, calling themselves Hingest men and Hingest land that no more the Briton's name be known. All this by thee, thou base destroyer of thy native country. Enter Edel. What, stand you talking? Fight.
6: Hold, Adel. Hold out, my sword, and listen not to king or prince's
5: word. There's work enough abroad.
6: This task is mine.
5: Alarum. Prosper thy valor as thy virtues shine.
0: Exeunt. Scene 4 Another part
7: of the field of battle. Enter Cater and Edwin. Bright victory herself fights on our part, and buckled in a golden beaver, rides triumphantly before us.
4: Justice is with her. Whoever takes
0: the true and rightful cause, let us not lag behind them. Enter
5: Prince.
7: Here comes the Prince. How goes our fortune, sir?
5: Hopeful and fair, brave Cador, proud Vortiger, beat down by Adel's sword was rescued by the following multitudes, and now, for safety, fled unto a castle, here standing on the hill. But I have sent a cry of hounds as violent as hunger to break his stony walls, or, if they fail, will send in wild fire to dislodge him thence, or burn them all with flaming violence. Exeunt.
0: Scene 5. Another part of the field. Blazing star appears. Flourish trumpets. Enter Prince Uther, Edel, Cader, Edwin, Tocleo, with drum and soldiers.
5: Look, Edel. Still this fiery exhalation shoots his frightful horrors on the mazed world. See, In the beam that's about his flaming ring, a dragon's head appears, from out whose mouth two flaming flakes of fire stretch east and west.
6: And see from forth the body of the star, seven smaller, blazing streams directly point on this affrighted kingdom. Tis a
7: dreadful meteor,
5: and doth portend strange fears. This is no crown of peace. This angry fire hath something more to burn than Vortiger. If it alone pointed at his fall, it would pull in his blazing pyramids and be appeased, for Vortiger is dead.
6: These never come without their large
7: effects.
5: The will of heaven be done. Our sorrow's this. We want a mystic python to expound this fiery oracle.
7: Oh no, my lord, you have the best that ever Britain bred. And durst I prophesy to your prophet, sir, none like him shall succeed him.
5: You mean Merlin.
7: True, sir. Wondrous Merlin. He met us in the way, and did foretell the fortunes of this day successful to us. He's sure about the camp.
4: Send for him, sir.
7: He told the bloody Vortiger his fate. And truly, too, and if I could give faith to any wizard's skill, it should be Merlin.
0: Enter Merlin and Clown.
7: And see, my lord, as if to satisfy your highness' pleasure, Merlin is come.
5: See. The Comet's in his eye. Disturb him not.
7: With what a piercing judgment he beholds
1: it! Whither will heaven and fate translate this kingdom? What revolutions, rise and fall of nations is figured yonder in that star That sings the change of Britain's state and death of kings? Ah, he's dead already! How swiftly mischief creeps! Thy fatal end, sweet prince, even Merlin weeps
5: he does foresee some evil, his actions show it for ere he does expound, he weeps the story.
6: there's another weeps too, Sirrah, dost thou understand what thou lamentst for?
2: No, sir, I am his uncle, and weep because my cousin weeps, flesh and blood cannot forbear,
5: gentle Merlin. SPEAK THY PROPHETIC KNOWLEDGE AND EXPLANATION OF THIS FIERY HORROR, FROM WHICH WE GATHER FROM THY MOURNFUL TEARS MUCH SORROW AND DISASTER IN IT. Tis true, fair prince, but you
1: must hear the rest with patience.
5: I vow I will, though it portend my ruin.
1: There's no such fear. This brought the fiery fall of Vortiger, and yet not him alone. This day is fallen a king more good, the glory of our land, the mild and gentle sweet Aurelius.
5: Our brother, offended
4: heaven.
1: He at his royal palace, sir, at Winchester, this day is dead and poisoned.
7: By whom or what means, Merlin?
6: By the traitorous Saxons. I ever feared as much, that devil Ostorius and that damned witch Artesia sure has done it.
5: Poisoned? Oh, look further, gentle Merlin. Behold the star again, and do but find revenge for me, though it cost thousand lives, and mine the foremost. Comfort yourself, the heavens have given it fully.
1: All the portentous ills to you is told. NOW HEAR A HAPPY STORY, SIR, FROM ME TO YOU, AND TO YOUR FAIR POSTERITY.
2: METHINKS, I SEE SOMETHING LIKE A peeled ONION. IT MAKES ME WEEP AGAIN. BE SILENT, UNCLE. YOU'LL BE FORCED ELSE. CAN YOU NOT FIND IN THE STAR, COUSIN, WHETHER I CAN HOLD MY TONGUE OR NO? YES, I MUST CUT IT OUT. You speak without books, sir. My cousin Merlin knows.
1: True, I must tie it up. Now speak your pleasure, uncle.
2: Mm, 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 mm.
1: So, so. Now observe, my lord, and therefore behold, above yon flame-haired beam that upward shoots appears a dragon's head out of whose mouth two streaming lights point their flame-featured darts contrary ways yet both shall have their aims again behold from the igniferent body seven splendid and illustrious rays are spread all speaking heralds to this britain isle and thus they are expounded the dragon's head is the hieroglyphic that figures out your princely self, that here must reign a king. Those biformed fires that from the dragon's mouth shoot east and west emblem two royal babes which shall proceed from you, a son and daughter her pointed constellation northwest bending crowns her a queen in ireland of whom first springs that kingdom's title to the Briton kings
2: <coughs>
1: but of your son thus fate and merlin tells all after times shall fill their chronicles with fame of his renown whose warlike sword shall pass through fertile france and germany nor shall his conquering foot be forced to stand till rome's imperial wreath hath crowned his flame with monarch of the west from whose seven hills with conquest and contributory kings he back returns to enlarge the Briton bounds his heraldry adorned with thirteen crowns
7: mm, mm,
2: mm, mm, mm.
1: he to the world shall add another worthy and as a loadstone for his prowess draw a train of martial lovers to his court it shall be then the best of knighthood's honor at Winchester to fill his castle hall and at his royal table sit and feast in warlike orders, all their arms round hurled as if they meant to
0: circumscribe the world. He touches the clown's mouth with his wand.
2: Mm, mm, mm. Oh, that I could speak a little!
1: I know your mind, uncle. Again be
0: silent. Strikes again.
5: Thou speakest of wonders, Merlin. Prithee, go on, declare at full this constellation.
1: These seven beams pointing downwards, sir, betoken the troubles of this land, which then shall meet with other fate. War and dissension strives to make division till seven kings agree to draw this kingdom to a heptarchy.
5: Thine art hath made such proof that we believe thy words authentical. Be ever near us, my prophet, and the guide of all my actions.
1: My service shall be faithful to your person, and all my studies for my country's safety.
2: Mm, mm, mm. Come, you are released, sir. Cousin, pray, help me to my tongue again. You do not mean I shall be dumb still, I hope. Why,
1: hast thou not
2: thy tongue? Ah, yes, I feel it now. I was so long dumb, I could not well tell whether I spake or no.
5: Is thy advice we presently pursue the bloody Saxons that have slain my brother?
1: With your best speed, my lord, prosperity
7: will keep you company. Take, then, your title with you, royal prince. T'will add unto our strength. Long live King Uther! Put the
6: addition to it that heaven hath given you. The dragon is your emblem. Bear it bravely. And so live long and ever happy, styled Uther Pendragon, lawful king of Britain.
5: Thanks, Adol. We embrace the name and title, and in our shield and standard shall the figure of a red dragon still be borne before us, to fright the bloody Saxons. O my Aurelius, sweet rest thy soul, let thy disturbed spirit expect revenge. Think what it would, it hath the dragon's coming in his fiery wrath. Exeunt End of Act 4